the Gospel of John this morning, John chapter 15. We'll focus most of our attention in verse 15. Our text I'll read in just a few moments. We'll read John 15, 12 through verse 15. Good morning, good morning. Great to see every single one of you. Um, <clears throat> special congratulations as well to our Guatemala team. I'm so excited for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be praying over you in the second service as well. Um, and just so proud of each of you. And we'll be alongside um, daily in prayer. Just a brief update by way of building information. Uh, there will be a full um, report from the Vision 2020 team, uh, Lord willing, in August. Um, just to let you know, I, I was over this week to the building. I regularly go over there just to like throw things around and knock things over and yell, why are we not in this building yet? Okay, I really don't, okay? But it's moving. It really is. And we are thankful and grateful for that. Um, it is neat to see the fireplace has, has been built and the rock will be go on it shortly. Carpets have been ordered and doors and trims have been ordered. Uh, we're waiting to really seal up the building, climatize it where we can get that floor laid and some of those final things done. So it is moving along. I am very, very excited that in August we'll have a major outreach within our community and everyone at that outreach will receive an invitation to an open house in that new building. So please be in prayer first and foremost, just for the ministry to the community. It is simply a tool. It is an important tool so that we can do better ministry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I know um, we have been praying for patience, pray for the workers. There have been some challenges, but we move forward in the Lord's time. It is his, um, it is his will. And it's our, it's our opportunity to align our, ourselves alongside of his timing. So just, just updates, prayers, it is moving, and we are so grateful and excited. It's just building more and more excitement and anticipation, and so we rejoice in that. With that being said, I want to pray and dive into this text uh, that is an amazing text. I believe it will be an encouragement uh, for us all on the idea of the Lord referring to us as his friends. Let's bow our heads, and would you pray with me? Father, we do just rejoice that we are given another opportunity, another day to come into your house and to sing of your greatness and your glory. Father, to be reminded that you have invited us into relationship. And as we will see this morning into a very close, intimate relationship with you, all because and through the work of your son, Jesus. And we thank you for him. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of eternal life. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for the gift, as we reminded last night, that there is nothing that will ever separate us from your love. We rejoice in that. We know, Lord, that in ourselves, we fall desperately short of your glory every day. And yet you still receive us. You still want us. We thank you for that. I thank you for that. Lord, now as we open up your word and read it, I would pray that it would come alive. 
that you would speak and that we would hear and that we would be encouraged as there's people here this morning, ones that will listen to this message that need uh, to be drawn close to you and be reminded of your love. Father, I just pray, Lord, for our Guatemala team. I just am so thankful for their sacrifice, for their hard work. I pray, Lord, that you would bless them and use them. We pray, Lord, for the many, the hundreds of students that they will be interacting with over the course of this week. We pray, Lord, for the building project that's going on in Cruz Blanca. Uh, Father, we just pray for the staff. We pray for safe, safe travels. Lord, that they'll come back with just a better understanding of who you are. That's our prayer. Now, uh, God, please just guide me as I seek to teach and encourage and preach your word and only your word. May you receive all of the glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Ecclesia. Ecclesia is that Greek word for church. It's referred to as an assembly. That's us who are called together for a very specific purpose. We've been looking at promises, and that list is getting somewhat long. I appreciate it. Last week, Pastor Aaron did an excellent job when the Lord reminding us that I will give them eternal life, that there's nothing that will ever, ever, ever separate us. There's no sin that you can do, okay, that is too big and bad that God says, no, I'm, I'm tired of you. It's not like that. We have seen a list of promises that God gives to us that clarifies what we're doing here, how we're supposed to do this thing as a church, and then the ability, the power to accomplish it. Jesus says, I will build my church. I will come to you. I'll make you fishers of men. I'll give you words and wisdom. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I will give you rest. I'll give you keys to the kingdom of heaven. I will love you and manifest or make myself known to you. And as we talked about, I gave them eternal life. It's another statement. It's a brief one, but it's a powerful one. I want us to give attention to this morning. John chapter 15, let's pick it up in verse 12. The word of the Lord. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. We have before us this morning a most beautiful phrase. This one brief phrase in verse 15. I have called you friends. I have heard this phrase described like this. It implies a stunning level of comfortable personal interaction with one who is also the eternal, omnipotent creator of the universe. Let me say that again. That this one phrase here implies a stunning level. And I love this. Comfortable, personal interaction. It sounds like someone that you just sit next to and enjoy their company, and yet this one is what? Eternal 
omnipotent creator of the universe. Think and pause. Just stop for a moment. Jesus. God in the flesh. God incarnate. God almighty. The great I am. The one who had no beginning and no end. The alpha and omega is saying this. There are some, some, there are those, you. You, let's pan back what this, this, this phrase, let's pan back and expand this text in its context of John chapter 15. Jesus saying what, there are those who abide in me and I in you, as we read in verse four. There are those who it says in verse five, bear much fruit, It says those who keep my commandments in verse 10. It says those who love one another in verse 12. That you are my friends. If you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants. The servant is clueless. They just do what they're instructed to do. It's not that type of relationship. But I've called you my friends. I think the the challenge to this text for us trying to understand this and comprehend it fully is that by today's definition, we are losing the weight of this word friend. By today's definition. Why? Because one boasts all the time. I have 789 friends in social media, right? I have 1,102 friends Like, really, what exactly consists of that relationship? Just help me understand this. I'm not a big social media guy. You don't understand that. Sorry. I have a hard time just clicking that one button. Will you be my friend? Like, I just, I have a hard time pushing that one button. Please, will you be my friend? What exactly consists of you um, go to the Thai restaurant and you order Penang curry and you take a picture of the Penang curry and then a friend somewhere out there gives you one of these. Or maybe, maybe you'll earn a heart. Depends. I'm not exactly sure how we're using this term friends have you have you sat with them recently had a conversation with them like have you had a cup of coffee together we all know that there's individuals today that we are referring to and we're calling what friends and in all honesty you have not seen them in years and to be perfectly honest there are friends that you have that you have never ever ever even met before but because they know someone who you used to know they are now your friend. And I'm not dissing social media, okay? I'm not, not at all. I'm just, let's look at this word friend with how we use it today. Yes, of course. Of course he's my friend. We graduated from high school together in 1987. And it's kind of like, wow, really? We have a tendency in a sense to use the term friends as if there's, there's kind of some kind of benefit to us. Like, the higher the number of friends, then somehow that appeals to us, appeals to our flesh. And we almost think that maybe there's, like maybe my friend out there can help me out sometime. 
Wendy and I, um, a number of years ago when the kids were younger, were invited to visit Universal Studios in Florida with a friend. Actually, it was with a friend of a friend. And this individual happened to be a, a, a VIP at Universal Studios. And so we got special clearances and passes. You know how you can go and instead of waiting in a long line, you can get a fast pass and wait in a shorter line. That's basically all it is. Well, these, these passes, these lanyards that they put around our whole family, it was, it was, it was almost embarrassing that whatever line, it doesn't matter if it was a long line or a short line, this lanyard allowed us to go to the very front of any line anywhere. It was kind of embarrassing, but it was really, really fun as well. Our kids rode the Incredible Hulk so many times, they were nauseous, and we loved it because we had a friend of a friend, and in all honesty, I don't even remember that friend's name. Thank you, whoever you are, and we had a great day. But see how, see how in, in one sense, it's kind of like, well, what will my friend do for me? Today's understanding of this word kind of makes sense. And later, the, the actual dictionary definition almost leans this way. A friend is someone whom one knows and likes. It's pretty broad. Kind of know you, know of you, like you. This morning, what I want to do is want to kind of stop there. Let's stop there. And what I want to do upon the authority of God's word, make it very, very clear that, that Jesus Christ, when he makes this statement, is not thinking of that type of, will you be my friend? Because maybe there's something I can get from you. If I increase the number of friends, maybe my personal status will look a little bit better. It's not what Jesus is thinking of when he is using this term, friend. The word is philos. You may have heard of that word before, philos. It's actually connected to a type of love that we um, use, uh, phileo. It's a brotherly love. What is interesting, and even later on uh, this morning, when Pastor Aaron teaches on our seven churches, our seven lessons from seven churches in Revelation, he's going to be talking about the city of Philadelphia. Same word. What is the city of Philadelphia? No, it's not the city of brotherly shove. It's the city, supposedly, of brotherly love. It's that same root there. Philos, phileo. So, so what this implies, what, is that what Jesus is talking about here is that a friendship, actually, a friendship actually implies love, love. There are many people, and I hear this on a consistent basis from people that say, I have no one. No, no one, no one cares. Live alone, or but I'm I'm isolated, and I don't have people that love me. What? In the wrong places. This is making a statement here that all of us need to hold on to and hold on tight that he 
alone is the one who loves us and fills that emptiness that many are looking for and longing for. Hold on to that. The, 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 the complicated idea of friendship, I think the Jewish people understand the complexity of friendship a lot more than we do. They, they actually have three different words in the Hebrew language that we would all just use for the term friend. Let me very briefly explain to you. There, there's one word that is in Hebrew. It's, it's the word raha, raha. It means a, a friendship that is like an association. It's just someone that you simply keep company with. The closest that we would have in our English language for this raha is the word acquaintance. It's just someone that you basically know fairly well. The word is used in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, a man with many companions, man with many friends, man with many raha may come to ruin. Talks about the fact that that an acquaintance is what? It's basically a superficial type of, of, of level. Sociologists, psychologists have studied that we can basically have about, about approximately 200 in our circle. They're acquaintances. We know their names. We interact with them. But other than that, it doesn't go a lot deeper than that. But we would say, oh, yeah, they're my friend. I see them at church once in a while. Hebrews have another word for the word friend, and it's the word Hebrew word aluth. It it means to be gentle and, and familiar with, and it takes this friendship a step further. We would say today that they would move into from that larger 200 circle into a closer one, where psychologists, sociologists would say there's about 25 of them in your life. That you would call, what, a, a close friend. Maybe you spend vacation time together. You invite them over to study scripture, to pray about something in your life. You may not see them for a while, and that's okay, but when you reconnect, it's just kind of like you pick up where you left off. It's a close friend. You have about 25 of them. But then there's a third word. I think the Hebrews understand it. It's the word ahav. And it means this, a intimate, close companion is estimated that in your life, in my life, we will have two to three close, close companions. What we would say in our world, what? That one is my best friend. The word is used in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It says that there is a friend That's the one that sticks closer than a brother. I have a brother and we're pretty close. Last week, I was digging through his fridge. You don't ask. He's my brother. Come on, man, where's the orange juice? It's that type of relationship. There's something that's close there. But it's something as well that you would say that there is a a depth and a level of intimacy that you don't share with other people. It's described, I think, the best example in the Old Testament of 1 Samuel chapter 18 in the relationship with, with David and Jonathan. It says that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. That's a pretty close friendship. You ladies or folks or 
fans of Ina and of, of Green Gables would you would know this term that Anne and Diana were what? Kindred spirits. We use that term. That's the type of friendship that we're talking about here. Now why go back into Hebrew and why study that for a moment? Why? Because because something is significant. Jesus is not calling you an acquaintance. Yeah, I, I know them. Jesus is not saying that. Jesus in this statement is not implying he likes you. Like he likes what? We would use the term, I like Kentucky Fried Chicken. No, no, no. He, he's, it's, it's not that. It's beyond that. Jesus is using a term where he is intentionally drawing you in close. Why? Because he knows you and he wants you there. Jesus is saying this, my friend, I love. My friend, I love. You pan back, look at all of John chapter 15. And we we know that this subject surfaces the word love or loves or a form of it. Loved is used nine times, nine times in John chapter 15 alone. The word abide, abide in me and I in you, just being together is used 11 times. There's this idea here that friendship is about relationship. Relationship is about friendship. And you know the feeling, the guard just comes down. When we ministered in Northern Maine, there was a term that guys used when you just got together in the garage and just kind of hang around and you sit there and you talk and they use this term, we're gonna just numb around. And I was like, what do you mean numb around? Like, what is that? Like numb, like you don't think, you're just kind of like numb, you just like exist together. And you know what, I, I grew to love that term. One of the highest compliments I can ever give someone is I don't have to work around you. We just numb around together. We just hang, t- hang, hang together and, and what? Dig through one another's. You don't, you don't have to have your makeup on. You don't have to have your clothes um, ironed. You don't have to have your clothes matched. It's just, it's just that person that you want to be with. Eat wings together, you get some sauce on your face. It doesn't really matter because you're with one who loves you. All of that is kind of a description of the direction that we want to lean when Jesus calls us friend. You have to realize, New Testament, this is, this is an amazing time and season of God's grace. You don't necessarily see a lot of that not this term of intimacy between God and man in the Old Testament. It's a matter of fact, it's, it's very few. It's, it's very select. Only Abraham, Abraham, like the father, the patriarchs, father Abraham had many sons, many sons had that one. You got it? That Abraham what it says, but you, Israel, my servant Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend. God calls Abraham his friend. The only other one that gets close, it's kind of an implication in scripture, is Moses. And Moses is pretty, you're hanging with good company there too. Exodus 33, verse 11. It says, thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So it's kind of close. So there's not a lot of this 
closeness and intimacy in the Old Testament. And yet by the time we get to Jesus himself in the New Testament, he is saying what? He is talking to those who are obedient, those who give attention to him. And he invites us in close. Three points I want to give to you this morning. The first one is this. Jesus' friendship is beyond liking. It's about loving. Oh, just be thankful for that. Just breathe deep. It's beyond, I like you. It's beyond a thumbs up along or, 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 or next to many, many others. Jesus says, no longer do I call you servants. The servant does not know what his master is doing. You know, it's that, it's that, it's that word servant, that idea. He, he doesn't know. What do you mean a servant doesn't? A servant isn't brought into the circle. They just do what they are instructed to do. Jesus says, you're not one of those. Which implies what? A friend knows exactly what Jesus is doing. A friend understands what Jesus is about. Think about the plan and the purpose of why God came to this earth in flesh. Do do you understand that? Do, do, do Do you know, have learned about and understand the prophesied, promised, miraculous birth of this little one? Do you know about that? Do you understand the plan about what? His perfect, sinless life tempted in every way that we are yet without any sin? Do you understand that? Do you learn about that? Is that an interest to you? Do you know about the piercing, the penetrating ministry of Jesus? He would look straight at the heart and he would say, What are you doing? You don't love me. You don't care about me. All you do is care about yourself and your rules. And he would call it what it is. Or he would also recognize the one that came running to him and fell on his knees and said, have mercy upon me, oh God, a sinner. And he would know. Are you aware of the ministry that Jesus, the sacrificial atoning death and the degree of suffering the amazing and stunning resurrection that we, we sang about this morning? Do, do, you, do, you, do you know why Jesus came? Do you know what the master is doing? If so, what? There's, and we would, we would call it like this in today's world. You could go to your inbox and there is a friend request that is waiting for you. And I guess that would be kind of cool, right? Like, will you please be, will you, will you receive what I'm offering? That's exactly what Jesus is doing. This term friendship, it's beyond liking. It's about loving. Secondly, Jesus' friendship is beyond getting. And it's about giving. How refreshing is that? So many times there's this thought that if someone is our friend, that it's all about the fact that they actually just want something from us. It's not like that with Jesus. I love how Jesus explains the depth of true friendship in verse 13. We read this. The depth of true friendship. Greater love has no one than this 
that someone lay down his life for his friends. Now, now I think that if you were to imagine that there's that larger circle around you, what we would call that sphere of influence that we interact or an acquaintance, there's 200 out there. We know them, they know us, we, we like them. Probably not a lot of them would you take a bullet for. And then that circle kind of gets a little tighter and there's those 25 in our life that we say they're, they're, they're good friends. And I enjoy spending time with them and I miss it when I don't get to spend time with them. And there's probably few you take a bullet for. And then there's that circle. Two or three. One, two or three. And you wouldn't even think about it. In a heartbeat, in a heartbeat, you would step in front of them to protect them. That's what Jesus is not only teaching us, but he is modeling this for us. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus Christ came to die so that you could live. Been preaching, studying this book, I think studying it for about 30 years, preaching it for over 20, I'm still, I'm still just thrown back I'm thrown back at the fact that Jesus came to this earth and he knew from day one he would die so that I could live. And I know how undeserving, I know how undeserving. One thing I'm good at and it's sinning every day. I've got it down. And, and yet we know that Jesus, what? 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, that we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. In big words, we talk a lot about relationships, relationships, relationships with one another, relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It clearly implies this idea of friendship, but I believe as well that when and if we use that term, we have to think about giving as opposed to getting. But what are you, what are you doing by way of investing your time into the lives of other people? It's really what it is without the thought of getting anything back. Wait a minute, I did this for them. How come they didn't reciprocate? And we get upset by that. No, that's not the way it works. You invest you just care because God calls you to care. You make the visit because God calls you to make the visit. You don't make the visit so that hopefully they'll come visit you someday. That's not why you do it. You, 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 you listen. Yeah, but I need someone to listen to me. No, no. Jesus himself is the one who, what, who draws you in close. Of course we need one another. But our, our, our life, first and foremost, what? Is focused on the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. First and foremost, the blessing, the outpouring of that relationship is what we get to do here. And what, Lord willing, we will model for those who are in desperate need of relationship in the community.
Thirdly and finally, what? Our friendship with others should model Jesus' friendship with us. Hold on to that thought. Our friendship with others, our relationship with others should model Jesus' relationship and friendship with us. We began our text by reading in verse 12. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. If we were to continue to read again, you see this all the way through in verse 17. It says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. Still think that we struggle with this. I know I do. Whereas we know in scripture that love must be the distinguishing mark. Love must be the distinguishing characteristic of being a follower of Jesus. And we're still like, no, I I love you and kind of like you and you, I'm just not going there. I'm glad we worship in two different services. No, no longer. Love must be a distinguishing mark. Jesus dramatically and he radically departed and transformed the Mosaic command. We know in Deuteronomy, it says what? Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus built upon that. He says, well, I want you to expand and I want you to love your neighbor. You can all love God, but it's that person that lives next to me I have a hard time with. And then Jesus expands that even further. Okay, so you can love your neighbor. How about this? How about love your enemy? Whoa. They... They hurt me. They, they said something that was untrue about me. Join the club. And, and, and we would have them marked as our enemy. And Jesus says, there's something that I want you to do. It's totally different, radically and dramatically different. I want you to learn to love them. I want you to give them what? Cup of cold water in my name. See, see, that's really what it looks like. Two areas that we see this really manifested and made real. Number one, we are to love sincerely, which means you can't fake this. Like it's going to be red. It'll be seen. You can't fake love. We can't, we can't what, love in a way that says, well, well, what's in it for me? That's not sincere love. But to love sincerely, and finally, we are to give sacrificially well how much like how much tell me how much i'm supposed to give like like is it it, it, no it doesn't work like that When, when jesus died like he was totally dead how much do we give up how much do we sacrifice you sacrifice everything i was reading i was listening to a message listening to a message this week in the early church. How do we do that? God, how do we do that? They had two, they sold one and they shared the others with, the, with everyone. They don't need two. We have nine and 10 of stuff and we don't need it. You, you sell it and you share it with what? You, you give just as Jesus told us and taught us and showed us modeled for us. We're going, to, we're going to sacrifice everything. Like this is real. And what happens here determines what all of eternity. The urgency of eternity, a phrase I was reminded of just this week, the urgency 
of eternity. And God graciously, in light of this time, offers himself. Praise God for that. We rejoice in that. Don't for a moment, don't for a moment think that you're waiting for someone else out there to meet the needs or to fill the hole. God gave himself to be that close, intimate companion. What a friend, that old hymn says, what a friend we have in Jesus. I was, um, I'll close with this. A gentleman by the name of Joseph Scriven wrote this hymn that we have sung for years in the past. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise forsake you, take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms, he'll take and shield you and you will find a solace there. What a friend we have in Jesus. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, for displaying patience with us when we're just prickly and irritable. Thank you, Lord, for being the only one that can satisfy. God, give us the strength to stop, stop looking and longing for others to fill the place that only you can. Help us, Lord, as a church to model the friendship and the love that Jesus showed us. Bless us. And give us your strength. Be obedient. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.